0: This
1: is Scripture Read Badly, a podcast where two grown-up pastor's kids discuss the stories of the Bible in chronological order,
0: attempting to avoid heresy and generally having a good time. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Ryan. Sit
1: back and rejoice. Uh, good evening, everyone. This is Jeremy, and today's verse comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse... Oh, I've lost it. 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses. So we can just walk around putting our feet on stuff, and we own it, kind of like dogs when they pee on stuff. This is Scripture read Badly, and I am Jeremy, as I said before, and with me is the good...
0: Ryan... My name is
1: oh, oh, boom!
0: This is episode 59 of Scripture Read Badly, and it is a new season, as they say in Christian circles, as well as what they say in podcasts, and, I suppose, when you get to a new. And
1: football, lot I suppose. Of content. Yeah, and. Sport.
0: And I guess in weather? In life in oh, general? Oh, yeah.
1: And but life in general. In fact, it's said in a lot of different TV circles. TV shows?
0: Yeah. Lots of circles. So many circles. Well, today we have finally, after wandering around the wilderness for 40 years and more than 20 episodes, we have made it to the book of Joshua, uh, wherein the Israelites finally cross the Jordan River and enter into the promised land and begin a conquest that is uh, as magnificent in fulfilling promises as it is bloody.
1: And we will discuss if it is or is not hyperbole to commit genocide.
0: Yeah, well, I think we should state right up front that it is not a good thing to commit genocide, but...
1: It's definitely not a good thing. Don't do it. (laughs) As we go about uh,
0: reading the accounts of some of these battles and things, we will very much get into discussions of... Whether or not the God of the Old Testament is the same as Jesus, or at least in appearance, um, or whether there is some kind of contradiction seemingly happening. And some
1: discussion on the cultural context of the times, as we are not going to be reading a book written to 2018 European Capital City Dwelling Jeremy. We'll be talking to tribal conflict desert-dwelling farmers. Almost. Well, that's
0: news to me, so I should go back and listen to all of our episodes from the
1: beginning. Yeah! Other <laughs> episodes!
0: All right, well, today we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua in general, as well as looking at the first chapter of this book. Now, uh, Jeremy, what can you tell us about what has happened in human history as, uh, as relayed in the Bible? from the very beginning of time up to this point
1: yeah i'm glad you said as related in the bible i was about to start a rant about other cultures you know because i know all about them yeah yeah yeah. you're a very Um, cultured man oh i love culture i also love soup so i'm looking forward to the winter it's coming you can feel it yeah my winter's
0: going and i can i can feel the beads of sweat
1: On my upper lip. It's terrible. So gross. I went hoodie shopping yesterday and I did not find anything, so I'm going to have to keep going. But uh, we have shown, or we have seen, and we have read and discussed God's uh, red thread through humanity. So we saw some murders, and we saw some lying, and we've seen some theft and some cheating. Good stuff. Through to some slavery and then some freedom. Mm -hmm. And then the last part in the wilderness, we've been discussing how God has given his people and those surrounding who choose to join his people some principles of dignity and respect, but also honor and realizing that we are a created people Mm -hmm. designed and created for love and life and peace. And when we step out of those bounds, we need or we get correction. And we have systems to take us from sin to redemption and forgiveness if Mm -hmm. we choose to go through those systems. And now we find ourselves on the border of God's promises to give the people a land for themselves to create a a beautiful kingdom and a beautiful Mm civilization, which was intended to be led and kinged by God. Which we'll see in the next few books does not happen, but that's fine. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. We will get to there. But the the last huge narrative arc was led by a character called Moses, who was very intimate with God, was very um, good at leading, very influential, had seasons and moments of being respected and honored, and had other seasons of being not Respected or honoured, and yep. he's just died on the mountain overlooking the promised land. Hmm. And we will get to who Joshua is in a minute. Would you like to talk about who Joshua is? Or uh, do you have sure. Some other comments.
0: Well, okay. Well, um, as far as Moses dying on the mountain goes, it's a real uh, falling over before the finish line kind of moment for him, because as you said, he led the latest narrative arc in the Bible and some might even argue the most important. Uh, he, may, he may have been the most important figure in Jewish tradition uh, due to the fact that without him, God may have raised up someone else to deliver the people out of Egypt, but the fact that Moses was the one that took the Israelites from the position of slavery and uh, in many ways... I guess not living to the fullest that God wanted them to he hmm. took them uh, at the very least towards that uh, the promise that God had for them yep. so I guess what I'm trying to say is Abraham Isaac and Jacob, the forefathers of the uh, the Ju- the Jewish faith they were responsible for taking one man and making of him a nation and then taking that nation to a foreign land to receive goodness and abundance and provision in a time of famine they they went to yep. egypt when there was terrible famine joseph was responsible for uh, doing the whole storehouses thing with the, the dreams that pharaoh had and they became a prosperous nation but then because of fallen man because of pharaoh because of the perspective of the egyptians i guess in some senses the racism of the egyptians these israelites were subject to terrible things and then moses the guy that went from being one of the least he was a baby that was sought after to be killed with the other infants his age uh he then went from rags to riches and grew up in Pharaoh's palace for 40 years. Then he went into the wilderness for 40 years and became estranged from his homeland, even from his adopted people. Uh, And he was grafted into a calling that God had to bring Israel back out of Egypt, which is something that he promised the forefathers, but ultimately delivered in Moses. And so Moses had... A an absolutely crazy time from from the age of 80 until 120. He was interceding for the people. He was giving instruction to the people. He was, for all intents and purposes, he was face-to-face on first-name basis with God, um, unlike anyone that had ever been before.
1: He was the Beyonce of friendship with God. Yes, exactly. And uh, what ended up happening
0: was he despite being in such a position of prominence amongst the people of god he had his shortcomings and as a result uh he was unable to completely fulfill the promise that god had to deliver the people into the new land but he did a lot of the heavy lifting but uh somebody that seems to have been shadowing him since the moment they left Egypt is this dude named Joshua or Yeshua, the son of Nun. Uh, that doesn't mean he grew up in a monastery or anything.
1: Um, he... He wasn't an immaculate birth without a woman. No, no, that's right. He didn't right. just arrive. Yeah. <laughs> the stalks brought him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Moses was brought by the reeds, but Joshua by the storks. All right, that's, that's a great pun. Um... So Joshua is like the understudy to Moses' leading role. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, very much.
0: Okay, cool. And if anyone's seen a musical, then especially a professional one, you know that there are people that that are practicing for the leading role. Um, But if they happen to be ill on the night of a performance or if they are injured or something befalls them, uh, unexpectedly, then they have to have an understudy, somebody that is able to step up to the plate, take on the the role, and not necessarily act as if nothing is different, but put their flavour, put their their touch on whatever it is that they are presenting, and make it their own. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's a really important part of any musical production. The understudies they are often unseen. Because the stars don't very often fall ill on the nights But mm-hmm. I think you would be surprised at how many how many times the understudies have had to step up And do a phenomenal job That's often why yeah. they're kept around as understudies Or they go on to become the, the leading roles themselves And so that's yep. kind of what we're looking at here with Joshua He's been shadowing Moses for 40 years in the desert uh, <laughs> Which is a funny way to say it Because I'm sure there's not very much shade in the desert there's and, definitely
1: none. It's terrible out there.
0: <laughs> and here we have this moment where Moses goes up the mountain. And he's on top of the mountain at the end of Deuteronomy after he's given this this amazing speech to the people of Israel telling him to remember everything that God did, remember all the laws, be good, be fruitful, multiply be due, good. to everything that God says. Uh, and then God tells him, I want you to go up the the mountain and you're going to lo- you're going to see the uh the promised land. And when you get up and see the promised land, you will lie down and die. And the very last couple of verses of Deuteronomy say that Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom for Moses had laid hands on him. So Moses had done the the passing of the torch. He had anointed his successor um already and it was in the presence of the people of israel so god had already sorry no go ahead
1: no and it would have been interesting because he had shadowed him for 40 years and he had featured in that spy thing too right and so the people would have known him it wouldn't have been a weird like oh wow surprise look who's up next i think it would have yeah. even been expected, like, this is what's going to happen after Moses passes on, because Moses was so old. Yeah. So, maybe it was even celebrated by the people, like, whoa, yes, we eat some young blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, it's, like, it's like having a business pass from a father to a son. Yep. That type of thing.
1: And... Like, currently, I think Australia's about to get a new PM today. Ugh. And so, it's not like what we're going through. We're just like, no, are you serious? It's changing again. Yeah. But because Moses had have been the leader for so long, this would have been a celebration. Like, sad that Moses is dying, but also like, whoa, sweet, this is going to be interesting. And we've got the promised land coming up. Yeah. Boom.
0: Yep. So, uh, Moses dies at the very end of Deuteronomy. And it's really sad. And people... Uh, I'm sure are in a great um, state of mourning for the the loss of the men of God Um, alright so then we have the start of the book of Joshua and from my reading and tell me if, if you disagree from my reading it seems as though Joshua is on the mountain that God has led Moses up To see the promised land um similar to what we saw with the ten commandments and those types of things joshua was within earshot of what was happening at the top of the mountain um moses dies and then god says to joshua you're going to be the new leader does it seem as though it happens in the same place following on i think so okay cool that's what i thought too obviously that's why i said it um all right, Jeremy, take us through the first half of chapter one of Joshua and let's let's talk about what happens.
1: Well, and just before that, you'll see an echo in Joshua some things that happened to Moses when he started. And so there's another sending oh, of cool. the spies. Yep. But this time it's more positive. There's another um, speech that God gives Joshua to like, Rally the troops inside of him, and then there was a few other things that were echoed that I've forgotten right now, but we'll come up to that. Uh, Circumcision, maybe, or the
0: the parting of the the river. That's that's yeah, that was
1: the other one. There's a parting of the river. There's Mm -hmm. circumcision again. There's, um, anyway, yeah, I'll look that up in my notes for next episode. But and so. You have this almost Simba and Mufasa moment of God saying, look, this is the promised land and I'm giving it to you. Like, this is the final part of the promise that I've given your people for hundreds of years and everything you put your feet on it, that's yours. And I wonder if that's both a physical idea that if you take these places physically and you plant your seeds and you grow your families here, that's yours. But also like a spiritual thing of... I'm designing in you into this great nation and I want you, I want your influence of my love and my goodness to put feet on everywhere that you see. So as you move, you see more and you see more and you spread and spread and spread. And then in Jesus, when he says, go to all the world, is this like a foretaste of that? That God, his desire and his actual passion is for everyone, not just the people of Israel. Hmm. And then... um. Then he gives them this promise of just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will yeah. not leave you or forsake you. And then it has this repeating idea that happens at the start very much. And then he repeats it at the end because this week at church, I think I'm preaching on Joshua 24, which is like the last speech that Joshua gives. Yeah, And it's this repeating thing of be strong and courageous And don't be afraid and remember what I swore to your fathers because you will inherit this thing Mm -hmm. and be careful to do what I have um, commanded you to, which is like this foretaste also of as they interact with these other cultures, these other cultures are going to worship the land in a way that God didn't want us to and are going to sacrifice their children in a way that God didn't want us to. And he just wants to remind them like, you will probably feel fear because you're going into violent places but don't like don't be afraid be strong and remember the history that we've had and then when he repeats it he's pointing back to the battles that they keep winning and there's a list later in joshua of all the times they won Hmm. and so god just keeps bringing them back like remember 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 like i'm a good god and i've taken you to good places so keep remembering it Mm -hmm. and it's so cool that he repeats it at the end of the book And this passage is always interesting for me because at the end of my discipleship training school, this was the word that our base leader gave us or base director or whatever it's called now. Yeah. And I still remember like his physical... um, What's that word? When you do your hands while you're talking. Those are called physical... Motions. Motions. Motions Like, his motions were so funny because he was trying to really get us to remember, like, be strong and don't fear, even though you go out from this place and doing crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I love that even at the end of this...
0: Sorry, Jeremy, would you say that he is one that is known to gesticulate
1: wildly? Oh, yeah, he gesticulates very widely, <laughs> yeah. and I like it. It's he gesticulates all over the place. Yep. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And it's so good. He was the first speaker I ever saw like lie down on top of tables while yeah. he was teaching. It's <laughs> like, what are you doing? I love this. For some people, it really and like, works,
0: and for others, it's really distracting.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm not um, not going
0: to say which camp I fall into.
1: Mm, definitely not. <laughs> oh, I think on am both camps. I went back and forth. Like sometimes I was like, this is awesome, and then sometimes I was like, I don't understand. Yeah, but good times good gesticulations mm. uh what was i talking about uh you were being strong courageous yeah and then um, <laughs> gesticulations well, sorry. which is just a weird word yeah i i wanted to interrupt anyway, you want to talk? i don't know what sure
0: all right so um i'm sure everyone that is listening has heard the passage that says be strong and courageous don't be afraid for I'm with you wherever you go. it's a very well known verse Joshua one eight um, which is actually Joshua one nine <laughs> oops <laughs> i I could well, not 7, recite 2. Joshua one eight yeah
1: well it's also it's six seven eight
0: nine yeah yeah all right um so it's a it's a very commonly known passage of scripture and it's a type of uh the commission the command that God gives is one that. Is not. uh, Let's see. If somebody were to tell you, "Hey, don't be afraid. Be strong. Go out and do good things because you can." I'm going to be there with you. How empowering! Especially if they mummy rubbed
1: our back. I know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or a a little massage to our trapezius or something. That'd be nice. Trapezius. I could do with that. Um,
1: but I get a massage today for my birthday. Take that, everyone. Anyway, oh, back amazing. to what you were Way saying. Way to
0: go. Um, I was going to say that is not the type of command that people usually think of when they try and come up with uh, what it means to be commanded. You know, if somebody says, don't tell me to do something, that's usually a defense that people a defensive response that people have when they feel like somebody else's will is being imposed on them without their consent. However, this is the type of command that is welcome. Even if we feel defensive at first, if somebody that you respect or your boss, even if you don't respect them, or somebody says to you, stop being afraid, be strong. We are 100% behind you then even if your first reaction is to be defensive about that and to um, to refuse that kind of support, the fact that they have shown favor with you is extremely empowering and it actually changes people's minds. It changes people's perspectives, I think, when somebody believes in them so much that uh, and they actually prove it. Because yeah. God isn't just saying an empty promise here. He's saying, don't be afraid, um, be strong, be courageous. He's giving three commands yep. to, to to Joshua. And then he's saying, this is the part that I'll keep. This is my promise. I'm going to be with you. And I think what we can remember, um, what we should remember from reading things like this, obviously knowing that it's not written for us today but that we can learn from it today, Uh, but it was written to a particular audience for eternal benefit, I guess. Um, We can approach the promises that God gives each of us personally with this same uh, emphasis that God puts on this promise, where he says, do this, do this, do this. I'm going to be with you. It's going to be awesome. Let's do this together. That's from from what i understand and from my experience that tends to be god's attitude when making promises when giving commands what are your thoughts
1: uh yeah i like it but and it ties into what i was going to say before like as they get to the end of this journey and they're faced with like the technical finish line of the promised land he's not like oh sigh of relief now i don't have to tell them anything and he's not even encouraging the people to uh relax yep. he's saying i'm preparing you for something even bigger even though we're here hmm. and the best prep i can give you is what you just said like don't be afraid this is i'm going to be with you and mm-hmm. let's do this all together it's just so fun D- okay. but that's his whole thing
0: yeah i'm i'm thinking of an analogy because everybody yep. loves analogies especially when it comes to explaining things in the bible um the analogy I'm thinking of is what uh see if you can go with me on this if you can think of something better or you disagree just tell me
1: and then that will be great and if it's you like don't I'm sure like a pizza with ice cream on it. Exactly.
0: Belly flopping a pizza. No, it's um I was thinking of something like you lay the foundations for a house. Right? There's all this planning that you put in place. You have to yep. measure out all the sides and uh, dig out a whole bunch of stuff so that you can pour in concrete and other other foundation uh, materials. Okay, And then when everything is set and you have all of that in place, you can see the big slab, the big lot that you have to build a house on. You don't hang up your hat and say, I've done it, I've made it, That's my house. I'm just going to sleep on it in a sleeping bag. You don't do that. You don't pitch a town on top of a slab of concrete. You build a house. And so I think what they've done with getting out of Egypt, uprooting themselves from a foreign land, they're now at the point where God has laid a foundation within this generation to obtain the promise. So he has uh led them 40 years through the wilderness the the bad ones have died off the good ones are still around uh and the new generation has been raised by the good ones they have effectively dug out all the crap forgive my potty mouth and uh poured in a bunch of concrete and it's yep. still wet concrete it hasn't quite set yet but god is saying okay take heart this isn't over this is just the beginning we've just laid the foundation yep. When I say go, when you cross the Jordan, everywhere you step is going to be the promised land. We are going to build this house together. But yep. you you have to be like the one that, that, that puts in the, the planks of wood and sets up the frame and does all this stuff. I'm going to be supervising, and I'll be helping where you aren't able to do what you need to do by yourself. Like, that type yep. of thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Sweet. That is a very good one.
0: Thanks. I could have been a little more uh, articulate, but... No, I think, I think
1: you're a, a good amount of articulateness. Articulation. Word, Thanks. Who knows? <laughs> it's been so funny with um, I, with being in summer camps with kids who speak a little bit of English and then my German friend who speaks awesome English, but he his German vocabulary is so much bigger. Yeah. And so we have to like do the guessing game of what's that word that means, you know, you know that word that means. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still so good. And I think sometimes... With the Bible, we do that too. Like last night we were talking about parables and we were trying to think of other word pictures we could use for the different spiritual uh, principles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just don't have the word. So I liked that you articulated it like that because we all live in houses, sort of. Yeah. Some nice of us of. don't live in houses.
0: Yep. Um, of some form or other. Yep. Great. Okay. So obviously God has this commission of Joshua where God yep. himself is saying, now you're the man. Moses has already anointed him in the presence of all the elders so yep. that's that's been a very public ceremony but now God himself in private seemingly I don't know if it's really in private I don't know if there's any way to know but one way or another God himself is now saying to Moses they're having to Joshua they're having a very personal moment he's saying now you're the man let's do this you are the new Moses but you're gonna be different to Moses is LeBron James better than Michael Jordan LeBron James is different to Michael Jordan. They can both well, be right. really good, but Michael Jordan will still be better because he was in uh, Space Jam. So, Exactly. Um, Moses was in a bit of a Space Jam himself, but they managed to get themselves out of Egypt, so that was, that was all good. Um, so then Joshua assumes command. So what happens when Joshua goes back to the people?
1: He sends the word out. And I wonder how much of the word he sends out. Like, did he encourage the whole people with what God was telling him? Mm. And because I think he does later in his speech, but I'm not sure what he does now. But it says that he commands the officers to pass through the midst of the people to get them to prepare. Yep. Because they're about to go. And within three days. So, I wonder how long it usually took them to uproot the camp. Because I didn't think it was all that long. And Mm. then it depends on which people were going first and they had to sort out who was going to be in the fighting stuff Mm. and where they were going to go when they crossed the river. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Well, do you remember
0: that in Numbers, I think it was in Numbers because most of Deuteronomy was just a speech. um, I think it was at the end of Numbers, the Reubenites, the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, they all came to Moses and said, Look, man, I know God's promised us an inheritance on the other side of the Jordan River, but we've been looking at this land over this side, and we really like it. So give us this inheritance, and we'll be We'll be sweet. Um, but we'll I'm, be sweet. I'm pretty sure Moses said to them, and it may not have been Moses then, but it's at least Joshua now. They are charged. Yeah. They say, yeah, you can have that land as an inheritance on the condition that you still help us help the rest of the tribes achieve uh, victory over the inhabitants of the land that they were promised. So um, so that's what what Joshua is doing.
1: In that interaction, they uh, give their loyalty to Joshua. Like they say the whole, we followed Moses and we'll do what Moses said and Mm -hmm. now we will do what you are saying. And so that's a cool sign that they do trust him to the extent that they'll be led militarily yep. with, for, by him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> militarily by well, him. As far as we <laughs> know, there have
0: really only been, I think, three battles that Israel has had since leaving Egypt. The first one... Uh, no, sorry. Was trivia
1: night on Tuesdays? Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone was up in arms about question four. But uh, they had a couple of skirmishes when they first entered the, uh, the, you know, the, the lower part. The McDonald's. It, I, I can't believe I forgot the name of the, uh, the Negev, you know, the Southern region that was South of the southernmost part of Israel, um, that yeah, Abraham and his family went through to get to Egypt. Um, for the record, I haven't been there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been there as scripture read badly back in Genesis. That's true. Um, So as they went through the Negev, they are effectively scouting the perimeter of the Promised Land before crossing in, uh, going westward over the Jordan. So they went along the southern border, uh, heading east away from the Red Sea, and then they went north a little bit, and they had a couple of battles along the way uh, after having reached out in, in peace to a couple of kingdoms and the kingdom said no nah, not going to let you pass through because of this and that one of them was some Edomites um, gross I believe yeah so of a-
1: cheese but- and nothing else yeah
0: <laughs> they've had a couple of, couple of battles and I believe Joshua was the one that commanded the armies at that point in time so Joshua was already established as a military leader but I think this yep. was the, uh, the swearing in of an absolute leader What? As in, not just uh, militarily, but governmentally and spiritually, maybe?
1: You're talking about Joshua?
0: Yes, I'm talking about Joshua now. Joshua led yeah. the army. Yeah. Uh, Joshua and Caleb were in, in charge of the, the army, and they will especially be from here on. But I think the end of chapter one is... Not just them saying, "We are going to obey you as a military leader in this conquest, but it's also them saying, we uh, not only see you now as as the leader of our armies but as the leader of our entire nation, so it's like but
1: then when you go back to Exodus eighteen with the whole um judges and mm-hmm. lawyers or whatever and on small and big and bigger and bigger, yeah. Would he keep that, or are you saying that he's taking absolute power like a tyrant?
0: Oh no, no, no! Sorry, no, I don't mean absolute power as in okay, as yeah. in a, a dictator or anything. No, but he's but
1: yeah, he's taken Moses's role as completely. the top dog. Yeah, yeah, sick
0: as the kingpin. I mean, to a degree, I've, I've been King watching a, kingpin, a lot although... of Marvel Netflix shows, so that's a oh really? That's a common. Uh, common theme all right is that
1: um, also an analogy of god's love for us
0: look i could definitely draw some analogies between <laughs> i the know right shows and, and the <laughs> bible i mean especially in so far as uh daredevil being a catholic and luke cage being yep. a preacher's son and a bunch of things but uh that's that's a that's a discussion for a another different time. podcast yeah that's right maybe we could talk about that on scripture discussed um yep but, Jeremy, do you have anything else to say about the first chapter of Joshua or the book of Joshua in general, bearing in mind that we're uh, we're about to hit Jericho with Rahab and then the the marching around the, the city and things like that?
1: Yeah, and a lot of Joshua and Judges have these cycles of obedience and disobedience. Mm-hmm. So, obedience and the people are led by God into... Um, meeting out punishment on those who aren't being led by God and also taking the land back and also uh, calling the inhabitants around them into the nation of God Mm -hmm. and then a cycle of disobedience where they hide treasure that they weren't supposed to take or they uh, start worshipping the wrong gods or they start behaving like idiots. And so it's this cycle. And some people read both of these books as Very depressing, very dark times. Right. But within these dark times, there's these hero characters, especially Mm. when we get to judges, Mm. that um, behave against all odds and save people and rescue people and redeem things. And also in the midst of that, like murder people. And so there's this tension of we wouldn't do that in our time. Like in our time now, God doesn't, I don't think God leads us to murder fat kings to take out evil regimes. But nah. the principle of the idea is God um, blesses those who take care of the widow, the orphan, the mm. alien, and doesn't bless so much people who um, curse those people. Mm. And so, watching his people, when they are improving the lives of those around us, or around them and themselves, God's like, yeah, boy, let's do this. <laughs> But then when, yeah, they do the opposite, like idiots, we see the fruits of that, which we can see the fruits of our lives too, but we'll get to that. And uh, I like this because now it's just going to be narrative, 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 and we Mm -hmm. can talk about narratives and it's quite nice.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Obviously, we've been, uh, like I said, wandering around in the wilderness for a long time. And it's felt like that on this podcast too, with... Not necessarily going around in circles, but yeah, it's like...
1: And definitely different sandwiches, yeah. <laughs> a lot more range of sandwiches.
0: That's right. Well, it's I could liken it kind of to uh, taking a photo of the same object day after day, um, but yep. e- each day you come back to it and take a slightly different photo and you're getting a little bit of a different angle, ultimately getting quite a... Uh, a comprehensive perspective, but yep. each time it feels a little bit repetitive because yeah, you think definitely. I've already seen this side of that thing or I've already seen what that looks like from underneath or whatever. Uh, and yep. that's kind of what we've been doing. Like you said, we are headed into narrative basically from here on out. There are times where we will uh, dabble in some psalms when, when they come along with David, uh, especially, or with the prophets. As they pop up in Kings, um, that's going to be heaps fun. Reading a story about Jonah, and then reading the Book of Jonah and his prophecy, or just taking these little diver, uh, these little detours away from <laughs> the uh, the main path that is leading us to Jesus. So yeah, this is really cool. Obviously, there's been lots of things up to this point that have been pointing towards Jesus and his salvation. Uh, his ultimate. like Jesus, yeah, <laughs> like Jesus. He's been pointing the whole time. His fingers are getting sore, um, and we are we're very excited. We yeah, me too. Ah, it, it's great. Love narrative, and so this is this is really obviously the uh, the crux of this podcast. It's to go through the stories of the Bible in chronological order. It just, happen, just so happened that we were wandering around in Leviticus and Numbers for quite a while as well. So it's great. So Next. And
1: don't expect us to keep doing that. Like Joshua, we might be getting through in like just a couple of podcasts. Exactly. We yep. may not do 23 different podcasts. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. So with the book of Judges, Ruth is in... The Book of Judges happens during one of the the judges' lives. So excited to uh, do a bit of what we did with Job back in Genesis, just chucking him yep. in there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good times from here on with uh, with all the, the cities <laughs> being trashed and the people and, getting yeah. murdered and the things
1: getting stolen and hidden. You know, yeah, yeah, yep. and then the ground swallows a guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, that's yeah. been fun. Do you have any ending wisdom for the people?
0: Yeah, look, when it comes to to what this what this chapter says, I think we really can. Um, the The main nugget of wisdom that we should glean from this is that uh, when God tells us to walk around barefoot and everywhere that our barefoot touches he's going to give us then we should really take that to heart because I I honestly think if more people were walking around barefoot there'd be a lot of properties just changing hands all the time so um, we should definitely keep that in mind and if if you're really thinking about uh, acquiring a new place then march around it I guess and then God will give you all the footpath that you march around on. And then eventually you'll get closer and closer to the actual property. And then you'll be walking through the house and it'll be yours eventually. So,
1: yeah, just put your stinky feet on people. Yeah, in exactly. The house. They will See be yours happens. as well. Jeremy, do you have a blessing yeah. for the listeners? <laughs> uh, may your stinky feet be less stinky and more profitable for the rest of your lives. Amen.
0: Profitable feet. I like that.
1: Oh, Ralph wants to say something. Just say something. This is my German friend, Raph. What do you like about the Bible? Two things. Oh, he's thinking. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Hey, uh, even though you kind of feel that you know everything about the Bible, every time you read it, you get to know something different, and that's kind of interesting, I think. I agree. Mm. All right, finish the podcast. (laughs) All right, that's it. Bye. Thanks, Raph. Bye.